we are so grateful that you are joining us today. We as a community pray that the Lord would refresh you as you hear today's message. If you would like to support and further the work here in the city, please visit us at www.oasischurchchicago.com or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Now, here's Pastor JP with today's message. Morning, church. You guys doing all right? Welcome to Oasis Church Chicago. It's an honor to have you here this morning. Beautiful morning so far. Amen? God's in this place. Amen? Amen? We're just glad you're here this morning with us. Um, today, you know, it's our Christmas service, call like it is. Um, and we could do a bunch of cool things, right? We could bring some live animals. <laughs> Have you ever been to those Christmas services? You're like, how did they get that camel in that church? The things I think about, that's one of them. <laughs> could keep going. I'm going to stop. Um, we could do all sorts of things and um, that would be special and spectacular and maybe awe you. But today, as we discovered as a church, what do we want to share as our Christmas service? We said we could do all those things and really it would be awesome. But I think what's more amazing than any of that, what's more impactful than any of those things, and not to downplay churches that have amazing Christmas programs, not at all, but I think the church more than ever on these days leading up to Christmas and on Christmas, the most spectacular thing about Christmas is Jesus. We don't need laser shows and live animals to celebrate Christmas. It's okay. But what if we receive the scripture like these people before me have gotten up here that have read out the prophecies of what God said would come? What if we worshipped the one named Jesus that is actually going to heal you and restore you when you're actually sick? That's actually going to provide for you when you're in need. That's actually going to wrap his arms around you every single day when nobody else is loving you the way that Jesus loves you. That's what we're here for today. We are here for not a man, for not a production, for not anything else except Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen? And today we, we as a team said we want to prepare the way for God to come. And for God to speak and for God to encourage us and spur us on and move in ways. It isn't about us. It isn't about me. It isn't about our great worship team or awesome things that are happening. It's about Jesus and Jesus alone. We've come today for the one that was announced years ago that would come. We're here for him today. The Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad that you're here with us today because I really believe today that the word that's in my heart that, that has been stirring in us as a church is going to go forth today. And I pray this simply for us, that if you don't know Jesus today in this room, you may hear his name before, but you don't know him, you haven't received in faith that he is Lord and you've welcomed into your life, I pray today that you leave with him in your life. That's been our prayer. Those of you that know Jesus, that have accepted him, have received him, that you leave encouraged to even serve and live out this thing called faith even greater today. Preparing the way. Preparing the way. It's a powerful passage of Scripture that I'm about to read that, you know, preparing the way is said throughout Scripture leading up to this moment, but this one is an impactful thing. It's in Luke 1, 67 through 80. I'm going to read it in a moment, but this is a, a prayer, a prophecy of, the father, Zechariah, 
Zechariah is the father of John, John the Baptist. He is the one that we're going to be learning about a little bit today that prepared the way for Jesus to come. This is a father that was promised that he would have a son, that his, his wife of an old age would give birth to a son. And that son would carry the message of Jesus to the people of Israel, to the children of God. Before Jesus even arrives, this is the promise. And this was promised to this father as a father to be soon of a son. I, I read this and I'm like, man, God, what are you going to do with my son? <laughs> what are you going to do with my daughter one day? What are you going to do with our sons and daughters here on this earth? God is still speaking like this today. And this word is so powerful, it's so true, it's so clear of what God says to this man, Zechariah, and I'm going to read it and we're going to teach. Is that all right? Is that cool? You guys with me this morning? So glad you're here. You look awesome. You look amazing. You look beautiful. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you in church today. <laughs> Turn to the person that you didn't say it to and say the same thing. <laughs> hmm. Some of you look to the person next to you and you're like, I don't know you. <laughs> Welcome to church. Get to know him. Luke 1, 67 through 80. And then I'm also going to read Luke 2, 1 through 7. I think it should be up on the screen. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from, from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. He's speaking of Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. And you, child, now God is speaking to Zechariah about his son, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. Talk about a commission, right? Like, hey, John, as he comes out, Father Zechariah's looking at him like, yo, bro, you're the one that the God of creation has chosen to go before Jesus. That's heavy. Right? That's not like a, hey, you're going to be awesome, amazing, incredible, awesome, incredible, amazing, awesome. No, you're going to be the mouthpiece of God. Does anybody else find that, like, amazing? This is the promise to a father. To give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. To light up the darkness and to give guidance to those that are walking and that they may find peace. And then Luke 2, 1 through 7 says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all, that all of the world should be registered this was the first registration when Quinarius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each of his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, was who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth to Jesus. Time came for Mary to give birth to the Savior of the world. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Jesus, I pray today that this word right now would come alive. Father, we thank you that you came, that you gave yourself for us. Father, that the story of Christmas is actually the story of you. The story of one giving everything up. Giving up perfection to come down to earth. Giving up heaven to come down to earth. And to live among us, and not just to live among us, but to give us hope and give us miracles and signs and wonders. And not just to stop there, you went to the cross. And so Jesus, today I pray as the word is spoken, God, that we would see your word and we would receive it. That you would open up ears, Holy Spirit, to listen. Holy Spirit, that you would open up hearts to receive this message of Jesus here in this place. That God, those that have followed Jesus all the days of their life so far, God, that they would be open to receive even greater insight and truth of who you are. Thank you for this space and place. God, go before us. We thank you that you're preparing ways for us always. We love you. We bless you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, come on, everybody says, come on, do you love Jesus in this place this morning? Come on, can we give Jesus a little shout of praise in this place this morning? Amen. Preparing the way. You know, I had an uh, amazing grandfather, two actually. One I didn't get to know, but one I did get to know pretty well. It was my dad's dad. And this man was a man that had a lot of talent and ability. And as I grew older and was able to sit with my grandfather and talk with him, I would be amazed at the amount of things that he did over his life. He was a, a man that, that would build bridges and, and go and, and design and build bridges across the globe. He was a man that designed and built stadiums that are here in this country today. He was a man that was a phenomenal chef. Man, I'm telling you, I miss that cooking. <laughs> he was incredible. He was this little short Italian guy. <laughs> and man, did that man cook. Praise God. He was a man that would teach me and guide me. He helped me pass physics. In high school, praise God. <laughs> he was a bridge builder. I had to build a bridge out of toothpicks in physics to pass the class. Guess who I called? The bridge builder, my grandfather. How many of you know I held the most weight in that class? Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, grandfather, that I got to college. He was a man of many trade, but one of the things that fascinated me the most that I didn't get to really know about him till right before he left this earth was he told me one time about how he served in the military. And we knew that he served in the military, but I didn't know to what extent. He didn't really talk about it. I'm thankful for his service. I'm thankful for a lot of men and women that are serving, that are over-serving right now so that we can sit here and have this time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Right? So he would share with me. He would begin to tell stories. And as he would tell stories, I would, I would stop him in this one moment I remember so vividly. I'd say, Pops. So I called him. I said, what, what, what did you do in the military? Like, who were you? He was like, oh, JP, um, I was someone that they would call a forward observer. I was like, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. 
He was like, and that's where, you know, he kind of get a little choked up. He's like, you know, it was a pretty big job. And sometimes I couldn't take my grandfather serious. So I was like, how big of a job are you talking about? He said in the Korean War, which he served, he was a forward observer. And what that meant was is that he went ahead of the battle. He went ahead of the rest of the army. He went ahead and sat in enemy territory. Now, this is interesting, right? What do you mean you sat in, in, in enemy territory? He said, me and a couple other guys would go and we would sit in enemy territory. And we would radio back to the rest of the army where they could send a strike to. Now, I'm not getting all political and all this stuff. This is just how it worked, right? He said he would send the message so that they could advance in the battle. And I was like, that's a pretty big job, Pops. I said, what was the life expectancy for people that are sitting in enemy territory? <laughs> You're here with me. He said, not great, JP. Not great at all. He said, the men that got assigned those jobs, they knew what they were signing up for. They knew what they were asked of. To go before and prepare the way for the rest of the victory to be won. Whew. His assignment was simply that, not to get credit, not to get recognized, actually to hide really well, <laughs> to hide really well, and to make sure that he ensued that the people behind him would have a victory and be able to go home to their families. I was like, Pops, that's an amazing job. It's an incredible thing that you would take on that. I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful, right, for people that have gone before me. It's quiet right now this morning. Any of you thankful for people? If you don't raise your hand, let me just say this. You have parents, grandparents who paid the bills when you couldn't, <laughs> who gave you food when you couldn't, yes, who clothed you when you couldn't so you didn't walk out of the house butt naked. They took care of you. So I don't know about you, but we should be thankful for the people that have gone before us. Anybody thankful for people that have gone before? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we forget. We're like, nobody's gone before me. Yeah, come talk to me. I'll share a lot of people that have. There are people that have gone before you in your own life. There are people that have gone before you to, to give you uh, uh, the position and place where you're at. There are people that have gone before you that have said and shared and built the church of Jesus Christ. See, John, the, the son that Zechariah is hearing about, he is the one that would go before Jesus. He would go before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. He would go before and prepare the way. That's a commission, right? That's a task. I don't know about you, but I am amazed at the, the, the call on John's life. Right? Are you all with me this morning? You're like, you're yelling at me. Stop yelling. It's super early. But I, I am. I'm, I'm grateful to read that God uses people to go forth, to prepare the way. God didn't just show up with his son one day and like, he's here. He's here now. No, God prepared the way, stirred faith, stirred a heart within John to go and say, hey, people of God, people of Israel, your king is here. Your savior is here for you. He is here. The time has come. What you've been waiting for, what you've been longing for, he's here. Imagine being in that scene. Imagine hearing those words. Knowing what they went through, knowing what the people of God, Israel, went through all of those years, now hearing that the Savior, the King, the one that they had longed for, was there. John was preparing 
the way for people to receive Jesus. I'm thankful for people that have gone before me. I'm thankful that people prepare the way for me. I'm thankful for individuals that have come to my life when I was 22 years old and stupid, <laughs> really lost, really broken, like no, no clue what to do next. And when people would come and they would say, JP, there's something greater. There's something more. There's something better for your life. There's a Savior and his name is Jesus he wants you, he desires you, he loves you, he wants to speak to you, he wants to change you, he wants to move inside of you, he wants to change you from the inside out. Some people in my life prepared the way for me to receive Jesus. And even greater, his spirit is preparing you if you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus. He's prepared the way for you to come and to know anybody thankful for Jesus. Like this is nothing, like churches. We've lost this message of Jesus. Only, always, ever, forever, Jesus. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the one that is going to save us from everything. Jesus. And John had a commission. John had a promise. John had an act of obedience to go and prepare the way for God's Son. I want to just share a couple things that I take from this, if that's all right, that encourage us this Christmas. This is not the typical Christmas. Jesus came in a manger, and all the animals were around him, and the three wise men came and brought him frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Talk about some gifts, right? Because I, I, I don't want to say that message is old. Don't, don't hear me. Don't be like, this pastor's crazy. I knew it. I'm never coming back. But I think we got to look at the beginning of the story. And remember that God is so good that he fulfills his words, that he fulfills his promise, that he made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. I love Christmas. <laughs> I love it. I love the, the, the music. I, I'm not maybe necessarily singing it in church. It's all right. My wife is looking at me glaring. I love listening to it. I love the gifts. If you know me... <laughs> I receive anything you guys want to give me. I'm open. Open to receive. Merry Christmas. I love family time. I love it all. But what I love more about Christmas is this. Is that God was so good that he gave. That he gave. The greatest gift of all. He gave. And he prepared a way for us. I don't want today just to be about the cool things that we're going to experience, when we walk out these doors, the holiday parties, the family parties, the gatherings, all that day. I want us to have a resolve. I want us to have a sealed word in our heart that our Father in heaven is so good that he loved the world so much that he gave. That he gave. Three things that I just want to talk about. That I see here in this and I see the goodness of God as we dwell on this Christmas. We think about this time of year. And the first is this. The way was foretold. The way was foretold. See, when you dwell on Christmas and you dwell on Jesus in a manger with Mary and Joseph and, and the three wise men and all the animals and all that, that's going on in that scene, we got to remember that this way, this moment, Jesus, the way, was foretold. 
It was foretold from long before that moment. It was told many, many years in advance. I've recently, recently been working out very extensively. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, I got a kid on the way trying to fight off the dad bod. It's a true thing. I can't tell you how many people are like, JP, how you doing? I'm like, good. And they're looking at me. I'm like, why are you looking me up and down? They're like, just seeing if, uh, you know, you've gained any extra pounds. I'm like, gained pounds? What are you talking about? You know, they're like pregnancy, your wife, you know, and you, you start, you know, and they go down the tree. You guys, married men that have kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying to me. They're like, you're going to get the dad bod. And I was like, no, 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 not in this house, (laughs) not in this house. So I've been working out, right? <laughs> and what's awesome is, though, is I've always been an athlete. I've always trained. But now that that, that, that part of me is over, I need some extra motivation. And I, and I found a friend, and he's out in New York, and, and he, he was connecting with me, and he was a trainer, and he said, JP, I got you. I was like, thank you so much. My prayers, God, you've answered them. You're so good. He's like, I got you. I got a plan for you. I got a regimen for you. I got a diet for you. I got everything you need to fight the dad bod. I was like, yes. And he's like, this is, this is important, though. You got to follow the plan. You got to follow it if you're going to achieve what you want. Now, we all know this, right? Tell us more, JP. This is just the nature of, of accomplishing goals. You, you are told something. You plan for something. You prepare for something. But you got to see it through. And he says, hey, I'm going to give you every tool you need to be successful in this adventure. Over the course of these next couple months, as you're preparing for your son to come, I'm going to tell you what you need to have in order to achieve it. I I thought of that, and I was grateful. But I think, man, how good is God, though? Because if if there's going to be a plan that's fulfilled, there's got to be a plan that's foretold. See, if we're going to see something accomplished, we got to see the plan to execute it and get it to accomplishment. You with me this morning? See, God isn't a God that just dropped it and was like, there it is. There's Jesus. Uh-uh. He is so good that he spoke it over and over and over and over and over and over, to be exact, 65 times in the Old Testament. 65 times. Now, I, that's, a, that's a lot of, hey. Guys, my people, I'm going to save you. (laughs) I'm going to send my son to you 65 times about the coming Messiah. Wow, God, you really cared. (laughs) You were really good to your people. Does anybody else think that's enough? (laughs) You guys are looking at me like, I don't think that's enough. (laughs) I see it. 65 times God spoke over his children and said, I'm going to send the Messiah, the Savior of the world. God foretold people that he was going to be the God of who he was and always will be. See, the prophecies about the Messiah were not a bunch of scattered predictions. They weren't randomly placed throughout the Old Testament, but they, they form a unified promise plan of God. God, you're so good that you got a promise plan. I got a workout plan. God's got a promise plan. (laughs) He's got a promise plan so that you don't have to experience death anymore. You don't have to experience fear anymore. You don't have to experience shame and guilt and sorrow. He's got a promise plan put 
in his word for us. They are uniform promise plan of God, where each promise is interrelated and connected into a grand series, compromising one continuous plan of God. One continuous plan of God. These 65 promises were not just by chance. They weren't just by accident. They were God's promises to his children and to us. Because God said, I'm going to send my son. I got to make sure that my people know that the time is coming where the Messiah is coming. Man, I'm grateful that God gave a clear direction, clearly spoken promise that, hey, guys, if you would just be willing to open up your ears to listen to me, if you would just open up your eyes to see, I'm coming. I'm coming. This is the story of Christmas. That it wasn't just one day, God's like, Christmas time's here. It's here. We're going to celebrate with a bunch of trees, lights, gifts. It didn't happen like that. It happened thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And God said, I got a promise. Does anybody thank God that he told, told us before time? Four of us. And the final prophecy, though, of God was told to Zechariah. It was told to Zechariah that, hey, the Savior is going to come. And you're going to have a son, and that son is going to go and proclaim that to the people of God. The final fulfillment of God speaking prophetically over his people was done. Now it's time for action. Now it's time for motion. Now it's time to see God do what he can do. Now it's time to see this thing play out. I love that God speaks before we begin to see what he's doing. Okay, because I need to. This is all right, I hope. Just nod and give me an affirmation. Cool. Talking to my wife, you know, just having a conversation. Because I think this is important. God is so good that he speaks before you actually see it. He's so good that he will speak life before you see life happening. In your home, in your relationship, in your marriage, he's speaking life. See, God is so good that he's speaking faith when all you see is chaos. See, God is so good that when, when he speaks, he's speaking hope, and, and you're still wondering, where's the miracle, God? He's speaking it into existence. The same way that he said, Lazarus is all right in the grave, don't worry. He spoke it, and the word went forth to see fulfillment of promise. This is how good God is. Someone needs to hear this this morning. I must say something. You know, my wife and I, we, we had a really hard season back in January. We had a hard moment, you know, where we had promises, we, we, we thought we heard, and we, we became pregnant. I didn't become pregnant. My wife became pregnant. And we were so excited, and we were so grateful, and we were so ready to be parents. And in one moment, what we thought was going to be the greatest day of our lives turned into one of the hardest days of our marriages. We lost that child. That child's not lost. That child's in heaven. Let me rephrase that. This is just me being raw. Welcome to Oasis Church Chicago. I don't have all the notes planned out for this, but I just think someone needs to hear this. And I was broke. Man, God, what? This is supposed to not happen like this. And I remember sitting in my room just, God, you got to speak to me because I can't hear you. This is hard. 
I feel forsaken, just like the people of Israel. I feel, God, we're forsaken. You've left us. You haven't done what you said you were going to do. I felt that way. And I remember God speaking something. He said, my son, I got you. I got you. And I was like, okay, I trust you. I come to church. This is why you should come to church. Because <laughs> God speaks at church. He <laughs> gives you stuff that you need. Even me. And I was standing in a service. I think it was a Wednesday night. And not many people knew what had happened. Actually, not, not really at all what had happened. And I was about to go preach a message on a Wednesday night. And a guy looked over at me. And he said, Pastor, can I tell you something? And I was like, yeah, what's up, dude? I'm about to go. He's like, I just got a second. I just got to tell you something. He's like, hey, hey, I was praying, and God spoke to me, and he said, he gave me this vision. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you got to be careful sometimes. <laughs> you know, I, I believe God speaks this way. I'm not making fun of it, but sometimes you're just like. And he says, he says, God gave me a vision. I was like, what's the vision? And he said, I had a vision of you standing in the front row, okay, holding your son's hand. I said, what? Do you know? You don't know. <laughs> That's what I said. You know? And I was like, he has no idea what's going on. And in that moment, God foretold that he was going to be good. I'm about to have a son in two months. No, this is the goodness of God, and this isn't just three months. Three months. We got an extra month. She's like, three, three, we're three. <laughs> Not two, three. <laughs> this is how God speaks. That he foretells us things. That he foretold us that the Savior of the world was going to come. And the plan was in motion. The second thing is this, that the way was in motion. Is this encouraging you today? The way was in motion. I just want to read three scripture verses. They're not going to be up on the screen. I just want to read three verses of scripture, three of those times that were, were part of that 65 prophetic words spoken in the word because the plan like this was now set in motion. The first is this, Isaiah 7, 14. All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin Mary will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's one of them. Second one, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heaven's armies will make this happen. Woo! Do you understand what just said there? Yo, hey, guess what, people? Stop putting your hope in a man. Stop putting your hope in some system of government. Jesus is coming, and the government is going to rest on its shoulders. That's, that's a good word for somebody. We are so Another message, another time. For a child is going to be born, and this child is going to be the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Great I Am. Micah 5.2, he's so good that he tells them where he's going to be born. What? <laughs> he gave them a location. He sent them a location. Micah 5.2, but you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, He's just basically knocking them like, you're a really small town. That's what he says. I'm going to read that again because that was really funny in my head. A lot more funny than when it came out. 
He says, but you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. (laughs) Just like you're nobody, but guess what? You're somebody to me. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from the ancient of days. These are three promises of those 65. How amazing is that? All those promises have something to add to Jesus. They're not all the same thing. They're different things about who Jesus is and what's going to happen in Jesus and how Jesus is going to operate. See, God is in the details. Hello, you need to know that and understand that today. That God, the God of the creation, the God of the universe is in the details. And he is consumed and concerned with you. That was, that was really good. It wasn't just talk anymore. It wasn't just that God was going to keep shooting off 65 more promises. Now it was time to see it in motion. It was time to see it in motion. It was time to see the the heart of God in motion. I am so grateful that I serve a God that I can see his heart. I don't got to stare at some statue. I'm just being raw. I don't got to look to some rocks or some, some sort of some sort of sign or symbol, I I look at the heart of my king and my God. And his heart was, I'm setting this thing in motion. This is the story of Christmas, guys. This is the story of Jesus, that he loved us so much that he set this thing in motion. In motion, and guess what? Nothing could stand against it. And everybody said, I I don't got much longer. How much longer do I got? Five minutes. God is so big, and he's so good. That nothing, he's so powerful that nothing could stop or destroy the plan of God. Not even Satan himself was going to stop this plan of God. This plan was in motion. This plan was going. And this plan was happening. And he was going to share the goodness of his son Jesus with people. John the Baptist was the one commissioned to get this plan in motion. Much like the video where... The young man is getting prepared. You think he's the one that's going to get all the praise and all the adoration. He's going to be the one. And he's like, no, 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 no. There's someone better. The motion, the plan, it was now happening. It was now unfolding. It was now working. And the plan of God can never be overtaken. The third thing is this. The band can make their way up. Guys, I hope this is encouraging today. The way, finally, this Christmas we need to remember is this. Focus here. Don't worry about them. The the way was fulfilled. You know, I... I'm a planner. Anybody else a planner? We like plans, right? Got checklists, and I map my week out every week. I, I Monday morning, I, I sit down in my quiet time, and I've learned this from a mentor of mine, and I, and I map out, I write out my week agenda. I write out what I have to get done. I write out the plans and everything that I need to see happen in that week, and I pray over it, and I, and I, and I say, God, give me the strength and the wisdom. Guys, do this. It's helpful, Right? It's a good thing to, to, to put into your, to your life. And, and I do that. And I, I love planning. My, 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 my wife, though, <laughs> she is a planner. There's a difference between a planner and a planner. I mean, this girl, from the beginning of our time together, has planned everything. <laughs> everything. You guys think that I'm the brains behind all this. She is. She plans everything, and I, I love watching my wife as she's sitting at the table or she's sitting at her laptop, and I can see the focus. <laughs> I know when she's in the zone, <laughs> like fully engaged, and I'm not interrupting that planning session. No way. No way am I interrupting that one. 
But I can see as she's planning, as she's writing out, as she's unfolding things, as she's doing all this stuff, and she's saying, she's saying this is what's going to happen. But what's even greater than seeing my wife plan for us, plan for our future, plan for today, plan for tomorrow, what's even greater is when I see the joy on my wife when the plans get fulfilled. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. She's, like, accomplished. <laughs> she runs around. She's like, I'm so excited. <laughs> she's like, JP, the plan has happened. <laughs> I'm like, great, babe, whatever you want to do, come on, just take me to wherever I'm supposed to go. I like to plan. She loves to plan. And I look at this story, and I think, man, God likes to plan way more than we do, though. He likes to plan a lot more than I ever will. He plans, I think, ten times over and over than what we ever will be able to plan. The God of heaven and all of creation, he plans. He's the God of creation. He's the God over mankind. He's the God of the heavens and the earth. He's the God of order. He's the God of consistency. He's the God of deliverance and power. He's the God of love, grace, and mercy. He's the God of lighting up the darkness. He is the God of all gods. But better yet than God just planning, the great characteristic of my God, the God of creation and of heaven and earth, you know what's awesome about God? Is that when he speaks his word, he fulfills his word. This is the story of Christmas. That he fulfills his word. He doesn't just speak it and say, let's see if chance makes this happen. Let's just see if fate happens. Let's just see if luck makes this happen. No, 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 no. God is so good that he sees his plans fulfilled. And God was so good that he spoke about his son coming, and guess what? His son came. His son came. The plan, fulfilled. The plan is continuing to be fulfilled. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. See, I I read that all the time. You guys all know what that scripture is. It's the most famous scripture of all time. John 3, 16, not stone cold. Like, some of you are like, what? I don't get it. Anyways, moving on. Everybody knows John 3, 16, right? Whether you go to church or not. For God so loved the world that he gave. And I read that and I'm like, thanks God. You know, right? Anybody being honest? Like, it's just like, cool, that's there. But I was reading it yesterday as I was preparing and saying, God, help me. I read it, and I was like, whoa. It stopped me. For God so loved the world that he gave. Wait, God, you love me so much. You love the world so much that you gave. But in your giving, you fulfilled what you promised. That's never hit me like that. I'm your pastor. I'm supposed to be better. You know, I'm sorry. (laughs) Scripture speaks to me too in new ways. God, you gave, and that giving fulfilled the words that you spoke. It fulfilled the plan that was in motion. God, you gave, and your son is here, and now it is fulfilled. See, in giving of his son, your life could be fulfilled. In giving of his son, he could see darkness be lit up by the light. In giving of his son, he fulfilled the promise that the prince of peace, the everlasting father, the king of kings was coming. In giving of his son, he fulfilled that you no longer have to live by the law and its standards. You live by grace and by the blood of Jesus Christ. In giving of his son, it's the promise that his mercies are new every day. In giving of his son, he gave us the cross of Jesus Christ. And in giving us the cross of Jesus Christ, I don't know about you, but this is the best news of Christmas. In giving us the cross of Jesus Christ, he gave us an empty tomb. 
He gave us an empty tomb. He fulfilled because God so loved you and you and you and every one of us that he gave. He fulfilled the word of God. This deserves Jesus like five seconds of praise in this place. I don't care if you don't believe in this. I don't care. Just make it all happen. This is the story of Christmas that Jesus gave himself to see the promise of God fulfilled. Woo! What do I have to do, God? What do I have to do to, to receive the promise of Jesus? You want to know? Believe. Believe. What do you mean? There's a, I got I to gotta get my life in order. I got to get cleaned up. I got to get right. I got to do all these. No. Uh-uh. God's word gets fulfilled when you just believe. Wow. That was a really good place to say amen. Because some of you are like, no, I don't think that's right. I think I need to go through this class. I think I need to talk to this person. No, that you would just believe that God so loved you that he gave his son, his one and only son, that whosoever shall perish have an everlasting life. That's the requirement to see the word of God fulfilled. He's a good father. He loves us. He desires to be with us. This is the story of Christmas. Not gifts, not Christmas trees, not anything else except Jesus and him alone. So I don't know about you, but I find it fitting that we should praise him that we should give him honor, that we should give him glory, that we should sing how good Jesus is. Come on, church, can we worship him like never before in this place?